What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Today is, what is today? June 18th. And uh, it's Football Friday. How'd you guys do this week? How did you make it through the week? Did you hit some win? Are you up this week? Are you down this week? How we doing? Getting ready for a big weekend? There's a lot going on this weekend. We're starting uh, starting grass tennis. It's grass season. <laughs> that used to mean something different for me growing up in high school. But uh, grass season, yeah. It's awesome, man. They're playing now in London. Got some tennis this weekend, obviously. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. So uh, no, no shortage of things to bet on. Stay tuned tomorrow morning for Saturday's Quick Picks like we do every week. Those aren't going anywhere, but uh, Fridays are now dedicated to football. And there's more than enough to talk about for both college football and the NFL. And here's the thing. I know most of you listening bet the NFL and bet college football. You may bet other sports like baseball, basketball, hockey, you know, going on right now. But stats show. Overwhelmingly, you guys like to bet football. So I figure, what's wrong with dedicating one day a week to go over power ratings, ratings? What what do certain players and coaches mean against the points? What do injuries mean? There's going to be a lot of changes. Aaron Rodgers may change teams. Deshaun Watson may, may change teams. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in the world of, of, of the NHL, in the NHL in terms of news, and then sports betting, just evaluating things leading up to the season so everyone who likes football is ready to go. Week one, you can hit the ground running. So today, Football Friday, our first one, we're going to talk about the coaching changes in the NFL. There's seven new coaching hires, and we'll evaluate each one based on how much these coaches will impact their teams in, uh, in the point spread. Will these coaches going in make this team better? Will it, it will it reflect in Las Vegas and in the market the prices we see based on these new coaches. So today, I'll give my preliminary coach rankings, the seven new coaches, and how much they impact the spread for each team. want to thank BetterEdge.com, great sponsor of the show. And uh, BetterEdge, what they're doing, they're taking sports betting to the next level. Now, they're not technically a sports book, which means you can make bets with BetterEdge in a lot of states where you can't even bet legally on sports yet, like California, Arizona. You can bet with BetterEdge legally. And the great thing, they don't charge a VIG. So you can start betting VIG free today. That means everyone out there, no matter how good or bad a sports better you are, you can start making a lot more money with Better Edge. So they're doing that, giving you VIG free betting. But also, like I said, they're not technically a sports book. They're more of a social hub, a social platform where you can go make sports bets. So you can follow your friends Follow other people who bet on there. Uh, there's tournaments, competitions, a lot of ways for you to get involved with your buddies and make more money. So check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. And use promo code SHARP. That's SHARP with a P. That's going to get you 10 free dollars in your account. And it lets them know you heard about them uh, right here on the Sharp Angle Podcast. So betteredge.com, promo code SHARP. Check them out today. Start making more money and start having more fun betting sports. All right, NFL talk. Let's do it. Let's get to some football talk. Overall impact on the team. So these coaches, there are seven new hires this year, 2021 in the NFL. What I'm evaluating this list on, I'm just going to do my top seven in terms of their co- these coaches' overall impact on their teams in 2021. What will their impact be? on their new teams. And here's what matters. How good was the old coach? Is it an upgrade or downgrade just intrinsically based on how good these coaches are? 
What's the roster like? What's the GM like? Are they, is there a chance there may be an in-season move? And overall, the team's ability to succeed with the head coach, that's what matters here. So this is how positively impactful these coaches will be this season on their new teams. Now, before we get into the rankings, new coaches in the NFL, this is something that as sports bettors, we've got to have a good way of evaluating because it happens all the time. I mean, it's it's crazy when you really look look at how much coaches get fired in the NFL. It's it's a thankless job. These coaches, if they don't succeed succeed in a couple of years, that they're they're canned. Look at Doug Peterson with the Eagles when he won the Super Bowl with backup Nick Foles. Everyone was saying that he's not going anywhere for a decade, and then only a couple of years later, he's fired. So things happen quickly in the NFL. And if you just go back and look five seasons to 2017. There's an average of 5.8, almost six new coaches every year. That's almost 20% of the league being recycled every year in terms of head coach. So if you don't know how to evaluate brand new head coaches, you're going to be behind the eight ball for the first two weeks, three weeks, or a month of the NFL season. So that's why this matters. But turnover is unreal in the NHL. And it's so funny how how coaches are evaluated and looked at in the media compared to sports bettors who do things like this because the media gets it wrong all the time because they don't look at the right things in terms of will a coach succeed. And as an example, I go back to 2017 and look at Anthony Davis or uh, Anthony Lynn, excuse me, it's basketball season still, Anthony Lynn being hired with the LA Chargers. And I'm going to read an excerpt from a Fox Sports article in 2017 when they were ranking head coaching hires in that year. So this article, foxsports.com, it's titled, just so you guys can find it if you want, Every NFL Head Coach Hire in 2017 Ranked. It's by Cameron DeSilva. And here's what they say about Anthony Lynn, who arguably fired last year, was the worst coach in the NFL in the last decade, or last head coach in the NFL in the last decade. But here's what Fox Sports said in 2017 when he was hired. Quote, It was somewhat of a surprise that the Bills opted not to hire Lynn themselves after he quickly rose up the ranks from position coach to interim head coach this past season. The Chargers were fortunate that it happened the way it did as they snatched up one of the top head coaching candidates on the market. It goes on to say, Lynn is a running game connoisseur, helping the Bills to helping the Bills to the top-ranked rushing attack the past two seasons. As the offensive coordinator for most of the offseason, he improved the ground game for the Bills and worked really well with Tyrod Taylor, catering the offense to his skill set. So, all right, and, and, and that's done with the article. So, theoretically, according to Cameron DeSilva, FoxSports.com, this was a huge upgrade for San Francisco or for uh, San Diego. I think at the time it was San Diego, now LA Chargers, because he could implement a dominant run game because he'd done that with the Bills. And as the offensive coordinator, he tailored everything to Tyrod Taylor. So theoretically, according to this article, no matter who the Chargers have or draft a quarterback, Anthony Lynn will mold that offense to that quarterback and they'll and they'll it'll be seamless. And the reason why this is an example I'm using is because it's easy to say now, oh, Anthony Lynn sucked. This article was bad, right? It's easy to, to have hindsight. That's not what I want to do here. What I want to do is look at the reasons they gave. And that was that he was a run game connoisseur because the Bills had a top ranked rushing attack for two seasons in a row. And this is what happens a lot in sports is coaches get a lot of credit for a great running game, a great passing game. If, if, uh, 
you know what 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 is largely luck when you look at stats and data and really hardcore advanced analytics in the NFL? You know what boils down a lot of seasons to luck? Interceptions. And this is a topic for a completely different show. We'll go in depth on that, but just know interceptions, yes, there is some skill to it. It's not 100% luck, but there's a lot of luck in interceptions. I mean, just think about it. A quarter, a tip ball interception. A quarterback throws it right to you interception. There's a lot of ways interceptions can happen. Therefore, luck matters a lot. But what you'll see is teams will hire defensive coordinators because their team led the league in interceptions. And you'll see this attributed to these coaches in the media. Clearly, a lot of front offices value this too. And it's something that as a sports better looking at how data impacts the games, it's something that I don't look at. I don't pay much attention to. So getting back to Anthony Lynn going from Buffalo Bills to, to the Chargers, the, the idea that he would take that number one rush offense, rush offense with him and just implement it, plug and play with a brand new NFL team in a league with as much parity as the NFL, that's crazy to think. So, you know, I wonder, do guys like this who wrote this article or Fox Sports, do they really think that number one, rushing attack with one team means you'll bring that to another team or does it sound good it makes sense so they just write it i'm not sure but i do know one thing it doesn't transfer those kind of things are irrelevant when looking at one coach leaving going to a new place so you have to look at all different factors all different kinds of stats all different kinds of data you have to look at personality you have to look at fit there's so many different things to evaluate that we took into account for our ranking so let's get to our rankings are one through seven for new head coaching ranking hires in 2021. Number seven, and let's see, these first couple coaches are worth zero against the spread. So I think these that number seven, David Coley of the Texans, he's number seven. I think he's worth zero points against the spread. He doesn't make the Texans any worse necessarily, but he's not going to go in there and make them one bit better. Now, David Coley, again, number seven on our list, I just don't think he's going to do great things. And I don't think this was a long-term hire. He's in his mid-60s, and this is his very first head coaching job. And what we've seen in the past, and I'm including Vic Fangio with the Denver Broncos in here, if there's a reason, or if you haven't gotten a job, a head coaching job, for 20, 30, 40 years of your career, there's probably a reason for that. you know. And I don't want to make any assumptions about David Coley. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But he's probably a really good coordinator, and there's probably reasons to why he didn't get this head job. So he, it's not like he's coming in with a good roster. It's not like he's coming in with a front office that has a lot of experience to get him pieces around him. Keep in mind, the Texans hired a, a rookie GM this year. It's the it's the Patriots ex-GM, and you could argue that Bill Belichick did more than this guy. So major questions in the front office, major questions on the roster, there's all the drama going on with Deshaun Watson. So it's like David Coley, mid-60s, going to come in and, and, and turn that thing around? I don't think so. And I think the Texans are going to have a long season. And then there's one more piece here. Sort of an elephant in the room. Josh McCown is on their roster as a backup quarterback. And it's, 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 it's widely thought that he's there to serve as a head coach. He's like a coach-in-waiting. And I guess that members of the front office have said they wanted to be a, an eventual head coach. They want him to kind of start coaching the team up as a coach player. So that's always going to be an elephant in the room too. So David Coley, I think it's just a bad spot. I think that he probably took the job because they couldn't get anyone else. 
and I don't see the Texans doing much this year at all. So David Coley worth zero points against the spread. It's going to be a long year for the Texans. Number six, Dan Campbell for the Detroit Lions. He's also worth exactly zero points. And here's the thing about Dan Campbell. He sounds really good behind a microphone. And a lot of my friends like him, a lot of of people out there who like the raw, raw stuff like him. But when you look at data, he's really one of the worst decision makers in the NFL. He's not good in game making decisions. Uh, Also, handicappers, I think this isn't talked about enough on our show and on other shows. Handicappers, really good handicappers, they look at personality just as well as they look at other things. I think it's a misconception that great handicapping is all about math. The best handicappers that I know have a really healthy mix of analytics and IQ, but also EQ and having that sense for how people respond to certain things, how people act in certain situations, how coaches will fit with new teams, how new players will fit with new teams. You have to have that. Sometimes there's not data to look at for everything. So having that ability to say, how's this team going to do off the back-to-back? How's this team going to do off the traveling? How is this player going to respond to his coach calling him out? A lot of times that's not math. That's handicapping in a different type of way. And again, some of the best handicappers I know really thrive at that as well as the analytics. So it's not one or the other, it's both. But either way, with Dan Campbell, what I see when Dan Campbell got hired with the Lions is a bad fit. I see Dan Campbell being a really good head coach with certain teams, but the Lions are not one of those teams. The Lions have a healthy mix of young and old, but there's some strong personalities in that locker room, and Dan Campbell coming in doesn't have the track record to just start switching things up immediately, but he's acting like he does. They've made an interesting decision getting rid of, or getting rid of, they were going to get rid of uh, Stafford anyway, but bringing in Jared Goff, and apparently they're giving him the keys to the to the car, which I don't trust Jared Goff at all, and, and I think that that Sean McVay told us all we needed to know with Jared Goff, that he he can't be trusted in big situations. So overall, I just think the Lions need more stability. Someone who's been there before, righted the ship, isn't going to panic or freak out. I mean, I just could see Dan Campbell losing the locker room very quickly when he does this whole Dan Campbell approach. So I don't think it's a great fit. And it's not me personally, because I want to be clear about this. I know that I can have my own biases about people and, and, and who I would hire or who I would like to work with, things like that. I do my best to get rid of that. And I don't love Dan Campbell's approach to head coach, but I have to get past that myself personally to evaluate him on, a, on an even, neutral, fair level. And even so, I still think Dan Campbell worth zero against the spread and is a bad fit for the Lions. Number five on the list, Robert Sala for the New York Jets. The New York Jets. Uh, Robert Sala is worth a half of a point for New York. And here's the thing about Sala. I like him. I think he's a smart guy. He knows a lot about football. But he's walking into a situation that has seen little to no success. I mean, ever. <laughs> you know, if I were to recommend any of my buddies or if I had a son, you know, going to the NFL or anyone who I really cared about their their future not that i don't care about these guys future but you know if it's family or a good friend something like that i would tell them not to ever go to a team like the jets if you get drafted by the jets pull an elway pull an eli manning hold out go to a different team do something different i, I when kyler murray was threatening what is he going to play baseball what's going to happen and and trying to you know see who's going to get drafted with playing that whole game I had no problem with that. 
Because in the NFL, if you end up going to the Jets, I mean, I think your career may as well be over. It, it, like Zach Wilson, okay? Zach Wilson, in my opinion, I watched him for a while at BYU. I, I, I know what I think about him going to the NFL. Zach Wilson would have been a tremendous fit with like the Green Bay Packers or something. And I know Aaron, maybe a bad example with Aaron Rodgers was going on with him, but or maybe Tampa Bay or somewhere where he could learn behind a veteran quarterback how to do things the right way in an NFL system and then hone his skills that he needs in the NFL that a lot of scouts say he's short on right now. I think Zach Wilson is green. I think he's going to have a long year and I don't love him going to the Jets, right? Same with Robert Sala, same with a coach. If you're going to be a head coach and take a spot with the Jets, that may as well, that may be career suicide. You may not ever get a head coaching job again because the Jets are so dysfunctional. There's no way to improve. And it's the same thing with companies. If I had a buddy who's looking at going to a company that has a track record and a history of chewing people up, spitting people out, and when they get fired from that company or leave, they can't find a job anywhere else. That's what it's like with the Jets. So while I think Robert Sala is a good head coach, he's walking into a situation that is going to be tough. And like I mentioned, rookie rookie quarterback that I have a ton of questions about, questionable roster. You know, I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of faith what's going on. And look at the AFC East. The Dolphins are getting better. Clearly the, the, the Patriots are going to be better. The Bills may be the best team in the AFC this year. So Maybe a long year again for the Jets. They don't have a track record of turning it around. Robert Sala, he's never done it before, but I do think he's worth a half point just because his attitude, his really intelligence about the game of football will bleed over and I think be contagious to these players. So he is worth a half point, but uh, could be a long season for the Jets. All right, number four, uh, Arthur Smith for the Falcons. He's worth a half of a point as well. And I like Arthur Smith. I think he's a good court or a good coach, and he is known as a quarterback guru, which may not matter as much with Matt Ryan. With a young quarterback, you may see that matter a lot more. Matt Ryan, maybe not so much in terms of the skill on the field, but for play calling, creativity, something this team lacked the last couple of years with Dan Quinn, that will be an immediate injection of life into this offense. So I think he's worth a half point. I just have questions about this roster. And what's going on in the front office? I mean, I don't like the idea that they got rid of Julio Jones for cap reasons. But on the other side, they're saying, oh, no, 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 we're not tanking. Everything's fine. We're, we're going to compete. It's really questionable what's happening in the front office, which makes it difficult for me to, to believe that this team is going to succeed this year. Now, I think we will see a better Falcons team. When we talk season win totals, I may like the Falcons over. I mean, I haven't done a whole lot there, but Arthur Smith is a good coach. We have to remember that. He's a really good coach. And the way the NFL is going, Arthur Smith is the new hot commodity. These younger guys who are really creative, versatile in their play calling, and are the quote-unquote quarterback gurus. So Arthur Smith, number four, worth about a half point in my rankings. All right, let's get to the top three. Uh, Number three, Urban Meyer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is worth one point to this team. And I really think that Urban Meyer is doing what he needs to to get this young team energized and excited because while they do have a decent roster and some vets, they got a lot, a lot of young guys. And this was uh, one of the few teams that I think Urban Meyer could have worked for. He's creating a lot of excitement, obviously all the stuff with Tebow. That's one thing. But the other is, can Urban Meyer actually coach? We know he's doing the his job creating excitement. Can he coach? And if you ask me, 
There's nothing I've seen in Urban Meyer's career that would make me say this guy can't coach. I think that there's nothing stopping him from going right into the NFL and winning games, being creative, being the kind of coach that can succeed immediately. And college coaches often don't succeed in the NFL because they are that college coach stereotype. They love the control. They love to you know, handle the players and be, again, so much in control. I don't think Urban Meyer necessarily needs that. I think he's going to like the hands-off with the players. But the question is, will he be hands-on with the film? Will he be a grinder? You know, I, I, a lot of the talk before was time with the family, the health, the long hours. If you don't like long hours, you're, you're not going to like an NFL head coaching job at all. So is he ready to make these changes? Is he ready? Because as a coach, I've got no hesitation about Urban Meyer, but is he ready to put in the hours and uh, succeed on that side of it? So I think he's worth one point overall. And... Uh, <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> God. Um, I think he's worth one point overall. He's doing what he needs to with his team to get them ready, get them energized, excited. And the division they're playing in, the Texans are going to be questionable. I think the Colts could have a... You know, there's a lot of question marks in the AFC South. Let's put it that way. But uh, either way, Herb is worth one point. Number two in my rankings, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Nick Sirianni, yeah. Um, for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He is worth one point as well. And the main thing here is the division. I think Sirianni is going to come in and be able to win some games because not a lot of other teams in the East will be that good this year. Obviously, Dallas, New York. Look, everyone's going to be a little bit improved, but the NFC lease last year, the idea they're going to just bounce back, not so fast. So I think he's going to come in and be able to win some games immediately just because of the competition. But there's lots of room to work with Sirianni and this offense. They've got some talent. Nick Sirianni is one of the best offensive minds that I've read about in the game. And he's surrounded himself with a really good staff. So the Eagles, no shortage of talent. This could be the team to emerge this year in the NFC East. I love the hire. I think he's going to be a great fit. The quarterback question does concern me a little bit. But uh, look, we, we mentioned the GM in front office with other guys so far. The GM in front office for Philadelphia is not afraid to be aggressive, is not afraid to spend money, and good things will happen quickly in Philly. And they are quick to say, we need to rebuild. We're not close again. We know we were there a few years ago. We're hitting the reset button. That's what they said this offseason. And I see good things happening quickly for Philly. So Nick Sirianni, hey, Nick Sirianni, hey. Uh, number two on our rankings, worth one point. Uh, number one overall, Brandon Staley for the Chargers. No big surprise here, right? I think a lot of people listening to this would agree with me, and I have him worth two points for LA. This is my biggest upgrade for several reasons. The first of which is simply getting rid of Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn was arguably the worst head coach in the last decade in football, okay? Getting rid of him... They could have brought anybody in, and it was going to be an upgrade. So that's the first thing. But also, Brandon Staley is a much more versatile play caller and knows defense really, really well. He's already got a good team, locked and loaded, ready to win. A second-year quarterback, Justin Herbert, who, I mean, when's the last time a rookie's looked that good? I mean, come on. Exciting things are happening with the LA Chargers, which helps because they're operating in the shadow of the LA Rams. So to have everything going on right now positive for the Chargers, 
Great roster, great front office. Traditionally, not a whole lot of pressure on the head coach. So I think it's a good spot for Staley. And I think really good things are going to be happening the next couple of years for the LA Chargers. Exciting things for LA. I mean, the AFC West is getting better and better. I was just in Vegas, obviously, in Allegiant Stadium. That thing is intimidating. That is going to be cool to go to some games at. But either way, that is our first NFL Friday. Well, I should say football Friday because we'll definitely mix in some college talk as well. But either way, thanks for listening today. Good luck, whatever you have going on this evening, tonight, tomorrow. Hope you catch some winners. Stay tuned tomorrow morning for Saturday's Quick Picks. Until then, this has been the Sharp Angle Podcast.